social distance shit talking from spare bedrooms across exurban atlanta welcome to the godless heathens podcast everybody thanks for listening i'm doc i'm jeff and i'm jerry this is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things not just atheism we will challenge your assumptions and ours too definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir but to critique or critique ridicule (laughs) and poke fun at anyone especially people who can't say the word critique <laughs> so join us as we examine the crossroads of politics and religion from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Episode 88. What meaning does 88 have, God? Dale Jr. Yeah, Dale Jr. Heil Hitler. We talked about this before the show. 88 is a prominent in white supremacy, H being the eighth letter of the alphabet. It's code for Heil Hitler. So you see in a lot of white supremacist prison gangs, 88 tattoos. And probably some of those guys that were storming the, uh, the Congress. You mean those patriots taking back America? Right. <laughs> Speaking of patriots and Trumpism, there is a great article in The Atlantic. Actually, how I was put onto it was I kind of eavesdrop on Katie listens to Morning Joe every morning. So you listen to Morning Joe every morning? Well, if, if, if something piques my interest, <laughs> and when I heard the word woke... Non-committal Morning Joe listener. Right, yeah. I mean, you know, there's certain key words that I'll kind of respond there to. There you go. So the author of this article was on there kind of talking about it. So I looked up the article, and it's called America Without God. It's comparing Trumpism, or what I would call white Christian nationalism, to wokeism. And that's my trigger word right there. Huh. That's a good segue, because I got triggered at the mere mention of Dotard. Legit triggered, and it kind of surprised me. The one thing that has been in my mind the last couple weeks is, have we really become a nation of shameless lies and even more shameless liars? And I hope you guys are going to tell me no. (laughs) Well, we've always been so successful in the past of talking you off the ledge, so. Yeah. (laughs) This should go equally as well. Either that or joining you on the ledge. Got a big screen TV now. (laughs) Oh, there's plenty of room on the ledge. Yeah. And also a a legendary preacher. No, no, no. Or was she leaves the Southern Baptist Convention? So please, before we get into it, do us a solid and rate and review this five-star podcast. There you go. That's subliminal messaging right there. How about it? (laughs) Drop us a line on Twitter at Godless Podcast. Or you could join our private Facebook group and then delete your Facebook account immediately afterwards. Or have or Facebook us, delete it for you. Or, or just type out the word <laughs> conspiracy theory like Jeff did in a general <laughs> post and have them do it for you. Yep. Oh, also, and Jerry might be interested in this, um, I haven't seen, I, I haven't independently verified it like we say, but I've seen a lot of posts here lately on Facebook about Facebook cracking down on atheist groups. Three striking atheist groups and shutting them down. In the little bit of research that I did, I saw in a post where someone mentioned a group that I was a member of that had been shut down, and I went to it, and there was a post 18 minutes ago. So that was a swing and a miss. I have not seen anything about atheist groups being harassed or. or well, I know, I know shut anything down. With, with social media and censorship, and so it's, it's going to be on your radar. So I figure if anybody, you, you'd know. Do you think that they're just trying to uh, get in the cancel club for some publicity? The way you get known these days is to do something outrageous, have Facebook or Twitter or somebody take down your content. And then everybody wants your content. Basically, you're just, (laughs) you're creating enragement. And then again, it could be, I, I just recently joined literally a atheist Facebook administrators group. So well, it meta. could be like the the 
what do you, what do you call it? The, the echo chamber of echo chambers? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, yeah. What's that group like? I've only been in it a couple of days, honestly. Uh, I got an invite from somebody. I, I just, you know, I saw a couple of people. There were members that I, I recognized. Okay, I'll get, you know. I mean, I don't know. The, I, the group may be three weeks old. It may have been put together just for this cause. You've been invited to the club, though. I don't want to brag, but I know the secret handshake. I was going to say, what is the secret handshake? If I told you, it wouldn't be a secret. Sign of the cross? <laughs> no, it's the other one. Remember the one, the cross on the forehead, the cross on the lips, and the cross on the heart? That we one. never did that. As... Oh, really? No, that yeah. was that wasn't my Catholic experience. I don't remember what the context was. Like a Baptist friend of mine asked me, "What is that?" And I told him. Wait, what were the? You did the lips and the what? It's like a series of mini crosses. Mini crosses, one on the forehead, one on the lips, and one over your heart. And the idea was Christ be in my mind, on my lips, and in my heart. Oh yeah, I've heard of that before. Yeah. I always understood it to be a Catholic thing, but you're saying y'all never did it. The, I just remembered when I was an altar boy, the priest. Not all of them, I don't think, but they would. The priests would do that. Okay. Yeah. But this was a this was a very hippie liberal church. Well, y'all had guitar church. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Have to. So drinking before despair. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm having one that uh, Larissa brought back from Arkansas, and it's from Lost Forty Brewing in Little Rock. Is called Nighty Night 2020, which you know we're still. Hanging on to 2020. <laughs> is the idea we're putting 2020 to bed? But it seems like it's taken forever. But this is a, a bourbon rye whiskey and red wine barrel aged imperial stout. So it's quite tasty. And it uh, rates in at 10.5. This is a godless heathen's first. I'm drinking the same thing. What? It took 88 episodes. I'm drinking the same thing. How did that happen? How did well, you get a 90 night from Little Rock, Arkansas? From the same person Jeff did. Oh, so that makes sense. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Well, then it isn't that big of a coincidence because if she'd have gave me a six pack, I'd probably be drinking one too. So. <laughs> 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 so Larissa must have recently gone to Arkansas and came back and brought presents for two thirds of the heathens. She does. Thank you, the friend of the pod gift, and now your dogs are going nuts. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> must be something going on in the world. Oh, podcasting man. during quarantine so yep. do you like it jerry or what do you think i do i think yeah. it's great i like the balance of the the whiskey and the red wine barrel it's kind of a burgundy i would say kind of backdrop to it mr don actually i looked today my wine rack looks very much like the field in which i grow the fucks i give just to say it's barren <laughs> there, there's nothing there <laughs> But I do have, actually, I have a bottle of one of my go-tos. You know, I'm always a, a fan of the red blend, but when it comes to just a single grape variety, the old Vine Zins are, are, have always been my favorites, and, and the Gnarly Head Lodi is right there. I usually have a bottle of this in the house. So, But this is the last one, so it's definitely time. Definitely time. Make a run. A wine yep. run, yeah. All right, Jeff. When you sent the article, America Without a God, and you talked about religious faith declining yep i was like oh yep. finally good. yeah it's a good article yeah well grab with both hands let me find a comfy chair and sit down and start reading boy that didn't last long no, no. when i heard him use the word woke on the morning joe show and he used it a couple of times in the article that's when i knew i would have some difficulty with where he was going but it, but the premise is as a religious belief declines and there's more people that are the nuns or the atheist, agnostic, whatever. In the last, what, 20 years, 30 years, it's gone from about 79% religious to below 50% religious. Right, right. And, yeah. and the non-religiously affiliated are now somewhere in the neighborhood of about one quarter. That's right. a lot. Yeah, it is. That leaves one quarter nebulous. If, if you've got roughly half a religious and a quarter are non-religiously affiliated, that leaves a quarter, I don't know what pool they're dipping their toe into. Just the fact that the non-affiliated is half of what the affiliated is at this point, that's amazing. So what he was kind of saying in there is, as we've let go of God, we've kind of replaced God or religion with other things. Like? Politics in particular seems to what he was talking political about. Political ideology is, is what he was saying, yeah. Right, so, right. So, sounds familiar. Yeah, and it's like I I have a pretty big bone to pick with with that. 
Really? I don't see that as parallel to worshiping a god. I don't do do you do we worship politicians? No, I don't think it's that way. I think it's more of a this is the side you're on, this is the team, in, in circle, out circle, you know, in group, out group kind of a thing where you're more forgiving of your side versus the other side. I, I think that's the way I took it. I don't know, but he used an example of when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, a throng of people that were there with candlelight vigil. That were praying for, not too, I didn't not, think well, they were not praying, praying to, to her. But, you know, kind of like a, a, you I know, thought a ritual. I praying for her. Well, well, I think praying for that, maybe praying for the country or, you know. Praying if, for, if, yeah, praying for, uh, yeah. But if they're secular, and I imagine a lot of those people there would have been secular, you know, kind of mourning for what this means. Because as we yeah. know, what it, you know, what it turns out to mean is we put somebody on there that's ultra conservative, which is going to change the court forever. So I don't, I don't see that as a religious ritual. I just see that as somebody that that has a little bit of empathy and compassion caring about the country and and where it's where it's headed no but i could look at the other side from a religious standpoint like q when part of the conspiracy is the other side is a satanic cabal when satan is introduced then then religion is in the brew okay right that's religion yes yeah yeah so that yeah. is very much religious. That's what, and that's what I asked Brad when we had him on: is that is religion a precursor right. for Q? It has to be. If if you're not religious, but still may lean conservative, and somebody says, "Hey, you know, the Democrats are a satanic cabal of children, you know, pedophiles and and bloodsuckers," you're gonna go get the fuck out of here. You know, Satan's not real. But if you already are inclined to believe that, you're more inclined to go. Well, down you that know, you'd you'd have to be religious. To a large degree, to to believe in the QAnon stuff yeah. anyway, you can't be a nun or an atheist necessarily. Jerry, do you agree on that point? That you know what we do, I don't think is a substitution for religion, like he's kind of suggesting. I kind of do. Hmm. Not from a religious standpoint, but in the article, he talks about a vacuum and filling the vacuum. Like there's a hole, particularly people who have left religion. This is how I took it, and it made sense to me, that there was a vacuum where your passions would lie, where your interests would be. Because all of a sudden, if you believed, there is a, a hole in like either your passion or your time or mm-hmm. how you think or what focuses. Like You better pick up some new pastimes because you're going to have a lot of time on your hand. <laughs> that too? <laughs> but like instead of using the Bible and the Ten Commandments as like a moral compass, you have your own. I think people who have dropped religion, and I'm going to do it early, but on both sides, are more politically fervent because they're filling that vacuum with politics and policy for the greater good. Here's where I would push back on that a bit. During the Obama years, kind of had a complacent attitude towards politics. Compared to when Trump was elected. Agreed or or not? Is that because your guy was in power or? No, because, I mean, even when Bush was in power. That was going to be my question. Look at Bush as opposed to Obama. Right. I mean, it, it certainly pushed a lot of buttons for people. I was, you know, during the Bush years, I was still religious, but I was still a progressive. And so had the same kind of checkboxes as humanists did as far as justice and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, the the floor dropped out when Trump was elected. So here's where I would say I was woke, is I was awakened to the fact that these white Christian nationalists, racists, white supremacists, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them, that Mm -hmm. we thought were down under the rocks, that we thought we had tamped that down. And we thought there was a lot less of them. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. We didn't realize how many there were. That could be your privilege talking, though. Well, for, for sure it is, for sure. Yeah. Right. You know, like when you yeah. say we, right. like there's going to be a chorus of people going, we always knew. Yeah. Right, right. But I'm saying, so when we kind of had that wake-up call. Honestly, that's how you should feel about the word woke. When somebody says the word woke, you should think about it in that aspect. Think about it. They use liberal and progressive as slurs, all right? So th- there's nothing wrong with the word woke. Well, there isn't, but it's usually pejorative. Well, so is the word liberal. Right. That's not nails down the chalkboard for you. When somebody well, says the word liberal, yeah. you don't. If it's Tucker Carlson saying but it, that's yes, all, it would that's be. That's the way I think about it. When they say, well, it means enlightened. Your eyes have been opened. You're not sleeping yeah. as the house is burning down around you. 
Yeah, I guess I guess there's different words for that. Just that's that's one of the words that <laughs> twenty twenty or before that is like. Eh. But like I said before, it's SJW just doesn't have the sting that it had right a right. year ago that woke has now. So it, it's just replaced that. That's all it was. Not that there was anything with SJW. Why does woke sting? It doesn't sting. It doesn't to me. It doesn't. But. I don't take it that way either. But Jeff definitely does. Well, and and one of the reasons why is is a lot of the people are using it, like Dave Rubin. But it's like a moron that is trying to degrade you by saying you're all educated. Seriously, I mean, it's same thing as literally saying you're progressive. You're you're liberal. Uh, yeah. Okay, but here's the issue with that because I know I I think I know where you're coming from. Is that you know like say it all you want. You know this is one of those words that doesn't hurt me. Yeah. You know, like you, you say woke like it's a bad thing. It's like, okay, whatever. It's like you owned us and not even close. Right. Yeah. But in this article, he equates wokeism directly to Trumpism. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the other side. The way he was looking at it was, was trying to be what is the, the, the extreme from the other side. So from, from, from the liberal side, the extreme would be Trumpism. And, and from the conservative side, the extreme would be like when, when they talk about like we're canceling Mr. Potato Head or whatever. When, when, when they start doing these culture war stuff, that's what they equate the wokeism to. It, it's when it's liberal, you know, theology or whatever, liberal thinking gone crazy. You know, And that's part of the, the problem is, is yeah. nobody really defines what they mean when they say the word. Yeah. Now, you know, we kind of picked that up from the article, like like, like you're saying, Jerry. Um, so, yeah, and I don't see wokeism being, you know, like the far left extremist. I think that's how the right sees it, is that the far, far left is, is the, the crazy woke, you know, that, that want to just give away all the money and yeah, but that's the but that's the cartoony slur for it. Exactly, though. exactly. And, and that's and what what pisses me off is that it is used in higher brow publications like the Atlantic, exactly, and morning shows like Morning Joe. Which if that doesn't represent a big swath of the conventional wisdom, there's no program that does. And saying first of all that wokeism is a thing, it's not a thing. There there is no belief. In some type of tenets of wokeism that doesn't exist, Mm-mm, right? And just because the right wing chooses to use that term over, oh, we're talking about messaging again. Yes, yes. yep. But they use it over and over and over and over. Yep. And after a while, it somehow it got accepted as an actual thing that is discussed and is analyzed and is compared. To an, to a real actual thing, mm-hmm. which is Trumpism. Yeah, there's yep. no equating the two. One is awful and tried to do an insurrection of the Capitol building, and the other one is this imaginary straw man that they use as a punching bag. And now, because they've said it so frequently, now it's like allegedly a thing. And it's not a thing. Well, the huge woke flag that I fly from the back of my truck would like to argue with you. <laughs> uh, you know what? Could you could you sell those? Yeah. Could you sell no. a woke flag that well, looked the, like the a Dotar flag? nobody owns a Biden flag tells you right there that woke flags are just not going to move the needle. Hmm. How many people that are infused with wokeism are going to buy a woke flag as a gag that looks like a dotard flag? That would be funny. So would, would you have a, a steaming cup of coffee to, picture below it? Like, I'm woke. Oh, yeah. I'm just thinking marketing here. Couple sausage links on a, on a plate. Egg over easy. Wake up. <laughs> just woke up. I'm up. <laughs> okay, you lost me there. Woke! You just woke up. You're having a cup of coffee. You know what? Yeah. I am turning the video off. <laughs> so you can see me, but I can't see you You anymore. don't want to see our lovely faces? Oh my. Oh. Jeff, I don't. Jeff jumped I, through so you know many what? hoops just to get the video working this week, and, and you're going to yeah. turn it yeah. off. All right. Uh, I'm going to be real. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be real. It is, it is a different experience watching you guys than just listening. So you prefer potting without video? I think so. If we would if if we would have started on video, it would have been different. It would have. I should have done like a scientific experiment and saw if we talked over each other more last episode with us being able to see each other again than 
we have since mm-hmm. we've gone remotely. You're going to appeal to the operational efficiency person in me. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. I'm going to run a double blind study. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still not going to put the video back on. But well, for, for the listeners, what we're talking about is Zencaster added a feature where you're not just recording audio, you can actually have video kind of like a, like a Zoom thing. Yeah. So we can see each other. It's for, interesting. This is yeah, the second yeah. time since a year. Because yeah. It's been about a year since we started doing this remotely. Back to the article. Um, so what it, what it seems like like he's doing that I didn't like either is kind of going further down the route of why we're a divided nation is laying a lot of the blame at the feet of these wokus or the secular community mm-hmm. that is fighting against Trumpism, and I have a huge disagreement with that. The way I I see it is the Republican Party has gone back decades if they had their way. And, you know, we see that in Georgia where, you know, these voter uh, laws that they want to put into place are basically Jim Crow voter laws all over again. Mm-hmm. We're not just fighting one policy versus another. We're, we're fighting human rights. And, and the Republican Party wants to take it back to the 1920s, basically. In comparison, those of us that are a little bit more woke see a problem with that but we're not the ones that cause that division we've been on this slow progressive ah. path towards mm-hmm. more and more enlightenment and well okay a more and more perfect union i guess Ooh. i would say Ooh. and and you know ah yeah. I, would you that we are the ones that want a perfect union really? and they mm-hmm. are the ones that want to sow division in the country we, well they want it yeah, they want to take it back to a white Christian nation. Which would be perfect for them. Perfect for them. Well, they're white Christians. So this feels like a national version of couples counseling. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I will explain. <laughs> so if you're arguing or can't see eye to eye and you go to therapy, you go to couples counseling, the first thing... A good counselor, in my opinion at least, would do is basically tell each of you that you both bring bullshit to the table. And you better admit the bullshit you bring to the table before you point fingers at the other person. So what's the bullshit we're bringing to the table? I see you're not ready for counseling yet. Yeah. (laughs) You betcha. You betcha. Thank you, Don. We're, we're going to have uh, private sessions with your wife for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't have to be equal. Oh, no, no. Somebody may bring a wheelbarrow. Somebody may bring a, like a small little change purse. Right. And they may bring a change purse and they may have like a dump truck behind them that they don't totally want to admit is there. Yeah. But I'm not both sidesing. I am not making all things equal. The quote woke didn't storm the Capitol. No. Right? But if... Our side thinks that we aren't part of the problem or that basically, as my mom would say, one of the more colorful things she said, that our shit don't stink, then we're going to have a hard time connecting. Mm -hmm. And by the way, Jeff, that obviously is not happening at all on the other side. If anything, at least from the people in power, it is going in the opposite direction. Wait, what do you mean? I mean, voter suppression laws. I mean, putting journalists on trial for attending a rally. All of the police state, the movement towards more aggressive policing and guns, 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 guns everywhere. Mm -hmm. Who is the journalist you're referring to? It's a Palestinian woman whose name I will mispronounce, so I'm not going to say it. But this was in Des Moines. Yes. She was. This happened in America. Uh, oh, yeah, big In time. In the middle, okay. middle of America. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. In overwhelmingly white Iowa. She was pepper sprayed. She had identified herself as a journalist. Shockingly, body cam was not activated when they arrested her. What was the rally she was at? I think it was a George Floyd one. Oh, okay. It was this summer, but it actually went to trial. It wasn't like old white men that were rallying, so they used force. Correct. 
No, no red hats in the crowd, so batons came out. Correct. The red okay. hats may have been in the in the locker of the cops that were cracking heads. But you know, when you rattle off lists like that of grievances, it's easy to go, hmm, we are right. Our cause is just. Our cause is good. We do bring some bullshit to the table, and I don't see us really necessarily acknowledging it. Well, so so give me an example of the bullshit that we're bringing to the table. What do you think when people like Dave Rubin or anyone uses woke? What characteristics go into woke as a slur? Well, I mean, from from his perspective, best I can tell, is people that are fighting for social justice. Those are the people that that he tends to lump under that category. That is the worst description of what Dave Rubin thinks that I've ever heard. Because it's way too thoughtful. It's the PC police. It's the people that are... Silencing the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Cancel culture. The Mr. Potato Head. Right. Dr. Seuss. They always take things so many steps further than what it actually is. In every instance. Well, yeah, I mean, the Dr. Seuss book is a, is a prime example. Is like the books that this publisher... Is it the publisher or his family? The publisher. The publisher of the books decided to pull the books themselves. And that's not canceling. That's self-awareness. It's There's wokeness. a difference. Wokeness. Yeah, yeah, it's wokeness. It is. Yeah. The, the publishers of, of Dr. Seuss books said there are racist things in six books of his. I'm sorry. There are. And we right. need, we're going to stop printing them ourselves before somebody comes along and, and forces us to. We're going to do it ourselves. Well, That's I, not cancel culture. Nobody's forcing them to do anything. They voluntarily did the right thing, and even that is being shamed on the right. Well, yeah, and so what does Kevin McCarthy do is he reads Green Eggs and Ham, Green Eggs and Ham, which is not one of the books that was no. Grinch stole Christmas. Whatever. Nothing wrong with that one either. Horton Hears a Who, pretty good book. Yep. It's the one with the Chinaman in it. Right. That got pulled. And the Africans that, that were drawn looking like monkeys wearing grass skirts. Right. That right. one was pulled. So as it should so, have been. Again, so what what are we doing wrong <laughs> that we need to apologize for? Well, it's not that. It's when they take something like they'll they'll take like transgender. And, they'll, and, and like Mike Huckabee says, he just flippantly says, well, what if I just all of a sudden one day decide in high school that, that I'm a girl, so I get to change in the girls' room? No, that's not the way it works, Mike, and you're a pervert. And thank you for you know pointing that out for us. We kind of knew it already, but... So do you think that Lincoln, President Lincoln and, and President Washington, George Washington, should be removed from public buildings? No. That was an actual thing that the San Francisco School Board decided to do. And after a giant outcry, basically have backed off. And that's what the right calls woke. How many people have been fired because of, of a tweet or something that they said umpteen years ago? And going back and social media mining for things that may not have been the best things to put in a forum that lives forever. Don't knock that because when people do that to Trump, it's pretty funny. <laughs> There's always a tweet. It never fails. There's not, always not, a tweet. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Their other complaint is that the left is intolerant. That's intolerant of free speech. That's intolerant of people speaking their mind. And if you're not on the straight and narrow as they define it, or as we define it, then you're out. And that is, whether we want to believe it or not, there is definitely a strain of that in the conversation. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's not always super positive, particularly because what are the rules and who are the people that enforce the rules? So that part is one of the more negative, like the actual negative connotations of, quote, wokeism. But, but to me, and I'm not making excuses for it, I, I think, yeah, you could take things way too to the extreme, but this has been in reaction to the regressive language and ideas of the right. In other words, the white mm. Christian nationalists. You know. So the voices that we don't think need to be heard are ones that you know want to take the country back to a time and, and you know to put them you know, the white men back in power and to silence the voices of people of colors' votes, 
as God intended it. Well, uh, as it is in the Bible, in, in, in the Holy Book. Abs- well, yeah, it doesn't and, and have a single white person. White, <laughs> white nationalism has has been founded on for decades and decades. One of these and, days, somebody's going to have to explain to me how white racists pull their racism from a book with no white people. They think it's white people in there. There's not a single white person, other than no. the Romans. Other no, than the it, it, Romans. Hey, even the Romans are not white, okay? Hmm. Hmm. You yeah, guys it, obviously it, haven't read that book, but he's ta- okay. He's talking about your people there, Jerry, the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> not very woke of him, but okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty typical of the woke. This will be another topic we'll discuss in counseling. I'm talking back in that time, you know, that the, the Roman Empire... The Roman Empire had a lot of Africa pulled into it, so you know there, there was a, it was not a, a lily white uh, society like we picture in the movies, is what I'm trying to say. But we digress. That their theology, you know, and it, this goes way back to the, the the times of the Civil War and all that that, that started all this was that God had uh, races and he wanted those people to keep separate. What's that got to do with wokeism? That's what white Christian nationalists want to push it back to. And it's like, I'd prefer not to go back to that time. Thank you very much. You think Dave Rubin is a white Christian nationalist? Do I think he's a white Christian nationalist? Yes. Uh, yes. Ben Shapiro too? Yes. I don't think they would think that. They probably wouldn't, but... Ben Shapiro's Jewish. So he would use Judeo-Christian. Orthodox Jewish, I, I believe. I mean, I think he is... I th- I they don't is, come much more Jewish than Ben Shapiro. Either Orthodox or at, at a minimum conservative, but I yeah. think he's an Orthodox too. Yeah. He's white. Okay, I, think so. would, I think he would take exception. He, well, first of all, he would take exception to pretty much anything you would say ever. Probably. Just because. Yeah. He'd just look at the stickers on the back of your Subaru and he would take exception. To <laughs> so, okay, so he's a white Christian nationalist <laughs> apologist. How about that? He's white Christian nationalist adjacent. Adjacent. Or, yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, so he's on that team. He's like an Irish guy working for the Italian mob. He can't be a made guy, but he's working his way up the ladder. He's getting some stuff done. Oh, yeah. That that is the first time that Ben Shapiro has ever (laughs) been equated with Robert De Niro. Ever. (laughs) Ever, ever. Look, I don't know. The thing about this article, and I thought it was good, other than the, the stroll into this whole thing on wokeism, is when he talked about religiosity being channeled into political belief without the structure behind religion. Yep. And that makes sense to me. So you're defining a religion then, not from a divine standpoint, just... More uh, of a strongly held belief. Something that binds people together. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And and something that you don't necessarily reproach. You don't question it. The fervor that people throw themselves into Q... Or, or into dotardism, or into wokeism, lefty progressive politics, and social justice. That passion is getting channeled instead of through the church into the, like the public square and politics and policy. I was thinking about this earlier. A lot of times, people that leave religion re- leave religion because of one of the culture war. They they realize you know. I don't hate gays. Why, why am I supposed to hate gays? You know, and, and they and they can't, they can't deal with that and keep their religious beliefs. And so there's a break. They have to leave one of those beliefs behind. Well, kind of like uh, we were kind of teasing out Beth Moore. So she's leaving the Southern Baptist Convention because of the misogyny and the Trumpism because of there. Trump's misogyny, right. Specifically. So, so to me, that's more and, and, tribalism. And the, the blind eye that the Southern Baptists turned to. And the devotion that they gave to what is obviously a monster. Yeah. I had never heard of Beth Moore. I had never either. Until hmm. until this popped up. I read the very long article. I think it was in Religious News. Yep. And then I read her post. And I thought she was a extremely eloquent, not consistent, but somebody who was absolutely calling out the Southern Baptist Convention and that world for misogyny and overall treating her and women in general 
as second-class citizens at best. Well, and it's the way the handbook's written. Well, you know, it is that that that's the re, that's what the defenders like all the clowns like I, I there it's every week now. There's another preacher saying something dumb on video. Yeah, that has to go away to be one with his thoughts. Well, I think preachers have been saying dumb shit for a long time. It's just video is catching up to them a lot here lately. It seems like. Yeah, video and... The internet. If you were going to say this dumb stuff, you would need to have a TV show like The Shepherd Chapel. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't even say dumb stuff. They were pretty consistent. What was the one talking about Melania as a trophy wife? The guy that was saying that Christian wives need to lose weight and, yeah. and be better wives. More attractive. Shoot to be more like a, like a Melania Trump, you know, like a trophy wife. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't go over well. That is cartoonishly clownish. I mean, he was, like I said, he sounded like he was working on his stand-up act. And literally, one of, one of the things he said was an, just an old, stupid old joke. That, you know, There's a food that, that women eat that turns them off of sex. It's called wedding cake. That was one of the things he said in his sermon. But a bump. Yeah, exactly. If you listen to the actual sermon itself... It's like, oh, no, he's not saying that stupid joke from sixth fucking grade, is he? Come on, give me a break. And it was literally just one of those after another for a, a good, you know, three to five minutes. I would like to see in a camera on the women sitting in the in the pews to see their expressions on their face. Were they laughing or going, you fucking jerk? Okay, what, what sunk him? Because it was the video. Wait, did he get sunk? Like, within a few days, that, like, all their sermons are now available, like, every church, it, you know, it seems like, since COVID, is available to download. That one has been scrubbed from their website. No, it's but called, I mean, is he, yeah. like, no, no, he, down? Yeah, oh, yeah, he has taken a leave of absence, and he oh, is... Oh, okay, he, I, didn't, he is, I didn't hear the rest of the He is one with story. his thoughts, and he is reevaluating, and, you know... Uh, okay. So, was it the people in his flock... There wasn't like audible, oh, you know, you know, people didn't start walking out. I don't understand why they, they, anybody would have any kind of reaction because I thought all sermons were, were ordained by God. They just came straight down like like dictation and you just, you know, wrote yep. it down and, and, yep. and spat it out. I and mean, it was like inspired. It's so not me. That's what that's the message God wanted to give to that group on that Sunday. I don't see what the problem is. Just deal with it, people. Sorry, don't kill the messenger. But apparently he has to collect his thoughts. That's still kind of their theology. You know, all along anyway, is is the woman is supposed to be subservient to yeah. the man. He's the head of the household. And and so any kind of uh, sexual improprieties on the part of the husband is is blamed on the wife. I, I don't think it's like atypical. And it's funny because I, I don't remember ever hearing any of this being preached in a, in a Catholic church. But when I did go to a Baptist church for a while, I distinctly remember them talking about the part of the Bible where the woman is to submit herself to her husband as she submits herself to the church. All right. I had never heard that until I stepped into a Baptist church. Yeah. So that brings up the topic of grace because your reaction to Beth Moore leaving— to me, tell something about where your head is at. Wait, what? I think <laughs> I'll try and quote you from before the show started. When we talked about Beth Moore, and I think your quote was, it was about fucking time. What took you so long? Well, yeah. Okay. So it's very similar to Jimmy Carter's exit from the Southern Baptist Church also, you know. He left quite a quite a while ago. And what was the reason that he left? What was the official reason? He, it was something doctrinally specifically well, that I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, what I think it was. it was one of the things was not allowing women to preach. I think it was one of the key factors. So a lot of people don't know the history too that that the Southern Baptist Church took a hard right turn a few decades ago. Just for historical reference this is a denomination that was started so that white people could own black people for sure uh, they took a right hand turn from there okay proceed but i'm you know so the history is is like they kind of made some progress made some progress made some progress and then a lot of the conservative people say hey we're making too much progress time to we need back to get back to our roots we need to get yeah. back that's ex to that's exactly what they said uh, you know no more progress yeah right Right. We want to. We want. We want regress. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
wind her back, wind her back. And that's kind of what I think Beth Moore ran into is, you know, I think she had come to terms with that women cannot be preachers. They cannot be pastor. No. She didn't come to terms with it. She agreed with it. Well, she went along with it. I'm saying that wasn't the thing that... She didn't say she went along with it. She said that she understood the biblical, historical, whatever, and agreed with it. Not that she accepted it as a fact or was willing to deal with it. She agreed with the church's stance. Was Because her faith demanded it. Yes. Her faith right. demanded I, yeah. it. Okay. She didn't believe it, but she was but basically she had, okay. She forced it. herself, willingly accepted something that maybe in her heart she didn't agree with. Some would say she chose God over self-respect. I would not say that. I, I'm saying uh, yeah, so I much. did, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't feel right, but it's, you know, the church yeah. I grew up in, so... Yeah. Right. But you know what? I'm pro-Beth Moore. This was not in the rundown. <laughs> you didn't show up tonight, pro-Beth Moore. I don't agree, obviously, with with her theology. And politically, we're probably not even not even close. Right. She's oh, still a know, conservative. I, she's just not a Trumper. Oh, yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, for I almost kind of look at it as somebody who becomes an atheist. You're going along to getting along with religion because that's just the way it is. And there's nobody that's more devout and into it than Beth Moore, even though she was treated like a second-class citizen at best. Who had more followers than, than most Southern Baptist preachers. Yeah. By far. By way far. She probably has preached one time to more people than most of them have in their lifetime. Right. Patted on the head. Yeah. Sexist remarks her entire adult life. Well, like you pointed out the fact that like she wore flats because somebody she worked with was shorter than she was. To not accentuate that fact, she wore flat shoes instead of high heels. And by the way, if that is what finally, I would love to know what it was. Like what was the what was the last stroke? Mm. Beth Moore, please come on the podcast. <laughs> I, I wonder if somebody said something to her or she was so torn with inconsistencies in her brain that, that that was the struggle she dealt with. Should I wear flats or should I be three inches taller than I already am of him? Yeah, or finally, and Beth Moore would never say this, but what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, what am I doing? And the, the parallels between somebody leaving religion and Beth Moore going on, the, the journey's not as long, but it's still kind of a mental journey to get from where you are locked in, and nobody was more locked in than her. No. To at least let that part go. And by the way, she gave up professional contracts. She gave up the structure around... Southern Baptist Convention, it's not a decision that doesn't have implications. Oh, now, huge, she may end huge. up. What did she give up? Because I understand that the, was it Lifeway in Nashville is no longer going to be publishing. She she was a writer of Sunday school curriculum. For, for the Southern Baptist For the Southern Baptist Convention, Convention. But right. they are still going to distribute her work. They're just yeah. not going to publish it. So how does that work? She gets a new she gets a new publisher and they still distribute her stuff? You know, she may she may end up Or is her know, stuff not no up, longer going to be used by the Southern Baptist Convention? I mean, cuz that part who, wasn't who, clear who, in the article. Who knows? Yeah. She may end up having more opportunities. It may be the best thing for her career. I I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it sorts out, but I mean, up to this point, her main audience was the women of the Southern Baptist Convention. Those are the ones that went to her programs. So if she leaves and goes to whatever. The American Baptist Association. She's going to be a Baptist. I think she said that she's going to remain a Baptist. She still refers to herself as Baptist, just no longer Southern Baptist. Right. So the American Baptist, or I can't remember the name of the other one. It starts with a C. I can't remember. But anyway, much smaller. I mean, um, Southern Baptist is like the number one Protestant denomination in the United States. So to leave that and then try to find your your footing somewhere else is going to be. She kinda... talked about possibly Presbyterian, possibly Lutheran. She said, uh, "You know what? Article. She has she doesn't know. This may be better for her, but yeah. 
there was a lot of, to me, snide, took you so long, kind of the sneering, oh, you know, you just left one crazy town for, you know, something that's a little less crazy. But I thought Hammett had a good paragraph on this, and I'm going to read it. Okay. Said, good on her for leaving. While it's tempting to judge more for judge, oh, that sounds like Judge Roy Moore. Yeah. (laughs) I see a guy riding in on a pony. (laughs) While it's tempting to judge Beth Moore for not leaving sooner, keep in mind that it's no easy thing to leave any community, even if you know you no longer fit within it. Right. A church is more than just a place to worship on Sundays. For many people, it's a second family. Leaving takes courage, especially when it means damage to your brand, your personal relationships, and other professional connections. Yeah. And I think that well totally said. nails it. It does. Yep. It really yep. does. Yeah. That's well said. She will probably come out and say things that just make me want to scratch my nails on a chalkboard. But good for her for at least taking a step away from what was probably kind of an unhealthy, demeaning, toxic place for her to be. It can't be good for the Southern Baptist Convention. No. I mean, it, no, it just it yeah. can't be. And another thing that the, and I'm just remembering now, another thing in that article, or maybe it was in the comments afterwards, I can't remember, but I remember reading it today. Somebody said that the Southern Baptist Convention needs her more than she needs them. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. they, they lost, sound like I'm a Beth Moore apologist, they lost a star in their orbit today or whenever it happened. So I would like to know what the straw was that broke the camel's back for her. So Beth Moore, please come join the godless heathens. Because <laughs> we know you're a listener. Open invitation. We haven't had an open invitation in, in a long time. So, Beth, think of it like this. We are going to be your Oprah to your <laughs> Megan. That's what we are. The production value isn't going to be as good. If only we can get Tucker Carson to walk off set and quit. Be- Piers Morgan. Just oh, call Tucker Carson. Piers okay, Morgan. Right, right. Oh, that'd know, be beautiful. <laughs> then it's like the circle of life, Simba. Everything has come around. <laughs> so open invitation for sure. Real quick, I just want to throw this out and we'll tie a bow on this and then we can go on and talk about how you got triggered. But reading <laughs> the the Beth Moore article the whole time, I knew I was reading an article from a Christian publication. Oh, okay? for sure. Yeah. Reading the Atlantic article, I wasn't quite so sure while reading it. And, not, and I'm not talking just about the very last line where he says we need to kneel down and pray. I'm talking Wait, about the entire, the entire article to me at certain times. I honestly felt like, is this from like a Christian publishing? It, it had a very pro-God slant to it, in my opinion. Definitely. You might want to reread it with that in mind. I, I, I that. totally agree. Well, and, and the author is a Muslim, so... Well, I'm just saying, so he believes in a God. He's not, he's not a secularist. He's, he's a, you know, a believer in, in a God, so... So, so tell me how you got triggered, Jerry, or I'm going to have to redo the opening to save editing time. Let's... It was yesterday. What happened? And Rachel Maddow... Because I'm a good woke liberal at nine o'clock. <laughs> I either watch or record Rachel because she, you know, Yaz Queen. Yeah. You have to get your marching orders. I understand. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and that was the, the show, uh, by the way, where they interviewed Stacey Abrams. Speaking oh, nice. Of Queens. Okay. Yep. She was playing the audio from the Wall Street Journal where Dotard was basically trying to twist the arm of somebody in the Georgia Secretary of State's office. First of all, it had to be like super demeaning for the President of the United States to call a low-level person in the Georgia Secretary of State's office and basically try to convince them to throw the election yeah. for you. To, to try and muscle them in, in, into committing fraud. It was kind of it was it was actually kind of pathetic, but they had his big ugly mug on the screen. And his voice came back. Uh, like I went back to 2015 to three months ago. Yeah. And I realized what a relief it has been to not hear him, to not see a tweet, to not hear his voice, to not see video, to not get reaction to something he said. 
it like took me back. And I'm and I'm not going to say, obviously, it wasn't PTSD. Yeah. It's a very low, low level of, I do not miss hearing him, <laughs> seeing him, yeah. having to, having to like, not being able to avoid him. Where the fact that he tweeted was new. And analyzed. Yes. And retweeted. Daily. and All that. And, yes. And dunked on. Let me ask you this, because I still have some flashback problems Uh-oh. when they show the White House is is like, I have to rethink who's That's actually Biden's, in there. Biden's in there now. Right. Because the White House was, when Trump was in there, it was a tarnished building. It like was the like... TV, the TV shows the White House and you just instinctively go, motherfucker. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now you I know exactly. Get, what, I know exactly. Yeah, and so there's like, a oh, yeah, split right, second. Right. Is like that's you right. go, oh that's yeah. Right. Joe yeah. and Jill are in there. It's cool. It's yeah. Right. <laughs> but, but remember though, that unlike every other president, he used the White House as a political prop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He did not respect the White House or follow the norms. No. That previous administrations did, and that was the other reason where because because he would use it for blatantly political and partisan ends. Mm -hmm. So getting used to that is not going to take two months. No. Well, and watching the press uh, conferences or what do you call them with um, the briefings, the briefings. I mean, you know, and I've been hesitant to watch because, again, I have such a bad um, remembrance of the of the Trump years. Mm-hmm. But so I'll poke in every once in a while. I was go, wow, this is kind of nice no. to listen to somebody. No, that's... they suck. You think they suck? They, they well, I haven't watched that many of them, so I don't know what what you're seeing. Fucking but... suck. I, have, well, you know I haven't what? watched a whole. This is, this I haven't is watched not a the single rundown. Whole one. They should never do one of those ever again. Press conference? Hmm. The no, the what? Daily White House briefing with what's her name? What's, what what is her name? Jen Sack, I think it's Saki. I can't pronounce her last name. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. And, and and I'm not saying that that she's not good. She is super smart. I, I've seen small clips of her, like on YouTube, like calling out people that you know. We don't take our immigration policy right. from from Trump. That kind of stuff. Right. I saw that piece. Right. Saw a That's, couple you, other you, where you're, she's, you know. Hey, I'm like, okay, yeah. She's like, she's on the ball. But your your bubble, yeah. You get the dunks. Oh yeah. In other sure. people's bubble, they get the zinger questions that she they can't don't answer. Get the, they don't get the dunk response. Like I said, I have you know, I have not sat through a, a, a whole one of, of of her, you know, briefings. That's exactly why it should be canceled. It adds nothing, okay, zero Makes to the discourse. Yep, nothing. Because because you're it, saying it, it, that the it just does more to get people in in their own lanes because it's the, a giant. Go ahead, Jeff. Because yeah. the press is always looking for the gotcha moment. Is that what what you're kind of saying? It, 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 it is a it it has become yeah. a. A giant reality show on both sides. And, on both sides. Yeah. And yeah. you know, like, like you, the 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 substance doesn't really exist anymore. You do have reporters that are trying to, like, you know, I'm gonna make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and and not yep. just the not just the obvious, you know, Fox ones yeah. that's doing this to get sound bites for their programming the rest of the day. Yep. Right. But now all of the all of the big J journalists are well. We're going to be as tough on the Biden administration as as we were on the Dotard administration. That's the thing is it's like you've got different news organizations and and one of them lean hard right and the other one has to go out of their way to prove that they don't lean left. So so they they have they have to go beyond what they what, what they would normally do. I, I hate him. Well, yeah. then I'm, I'm not him. missing much then by not watching a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? If I think if you thought they actually added value, you would watch. Yep. I would watch. But, but I don't. I don't want to hear pissing matches where they're trying to pin her down all the time on immigration mm-hmm. and migrants at the border. Yep. And by the way, this is where the right wing actually has a point. I'll say it. I'm not justifying separating kids from their parents or putting them in cages and all of that. But there has been a problem at the border for a long time. What progressives were complaining about 
was the corralling and mistreatment of them. Right. Just because you have changed that is not stopping the problem of people coming over the border. As a nation, we're not having a real adult conversation about this. No. Right. right. And we're definitely not having an adult conversation in those briefings. And we need to have some actual adult conversations, but you have to have other adults to have the conversations with. And we don't have those. You really don't yeah. on the Republican side. No. Right. So there, I spent the whole show basically chiding you guys for pointing fingers, and I'm pointing both fingers right now. (laughs) Double barrel, baby. (laughs) Now, I'm sure, Jeff, because you're not watching, you're reading books. So what book is it? Okay, so the one that I'm reading now is the one by uh, Kelly Baker, Kelly J. Baker. We heard her on the... Dr. Baker on um, Straight White American Jesus. On the book, it doesn't say that. But yeah, on the Straight White American Jesus podcast. um, And the book is called The Gospel According to the Klan. The KKK's Appeal to Protestant America. Sounds like a very interesting book. It's fucking fascinating. (laughs) And... The, the the podcast is you know what kind of you know brought me to want to read more on this. Yeah, that was a really good podcast. Is is you know she's basically saying, and I'm probably about three quarters of the way through the book now. Is is like yeah, this is the pre precursor to the current Republican Party. This is what they're about. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Klan never went away. It just comes back in different iterations. In the epilogue, she talks about the Tea Party, because this was written back in 2011. So that was this was pre-Trump. Oh, wow. And and so Has she written anything since then? Has she done a follow-up book to this? Not not to this, but I think that's the value of the podcast is where she kind of then was drawn into okay. you know, the later comparisons yeah. to uh, Trumpism and all seems that. Like, seems like there's a book there. Uh, there certainly would be a book or an interview on a, on a podcast, podcast or something. Yeah. Sure. Um, After if, Beth Moore. If only yep. we had a platform. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I highly, highly recommend this book. So what you got, Jerry? Oh, you want me to go? Yeah. Because mine are, are always a bummer. And <laughs> you usually end with like... I, I, you, you, need a, you need a shot of sunshine for, for mine after, after, after yours. So uh, you, should, you should read The Trial. And I apologize, Andrea or Andrea. But the trial of Andrea Sahuri and defending the First Amendment. And this right. is about this is from Liz Lenz, okay. who is a writer in Iowa mm-hmm. that is that wrote about the trial and This is the Pakistani reporter that you were talking about. Yes. Okay. It, it is tying it all a, back in. Okay. All right. Awesome. This is a this is more of a column than a kind of a blow by blow okay. of the event. But she's a terrific writer. I don't always agree with her. But she absolutely writes from the heart, and she does a great job of expressing kind of the frustration and craziness of pandemic America. Hmm. Now, who does she I, write I, for? Who, who is she with? Well, right now, she writes her own substack called Men Yell at Me. Men Yell yeah. at Me? Men Yell at Me. But she was fired from a columnist job at a paper in Cedar Rapids because she was, quote, too woke. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Was she canceled? Well, no, she was fired. That's different than being canceled. And she has a a very interesting background. She was raised, you know, evangelical Christian, married a a guy who turned out to be a hardcore uh, dotard guy, Uh and then basically did a, a much bigger version of Beth Moore and basically just said, fuck this, fuck you, I'm out of here. Wow. And there is definitely a, the thread of Christianity or her background in Christianity because she references it, references it a lot. But I don't always agree with her, but I, I, think, she's, I think she's great. She's a good follow on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. And you won't definitely, well, probably won't agree with her. I don't know. Uh, maybe you will. There is an article that came out in Slate today called, I miss you. I'm worried about you. Get out of my house. Hmm. Um, 
For parents and children of all ages across the country, this year brought too much distance or not nearly enough. They wanted to capture what they call the range of experiences of people that were basically either forced to live together or forced to be apart for a year. And they put this call out for people to basically tell your stories. Hmm. And like Hmm. they picked nine of maybe the most representative, like teens that are stuck in a house with three parents. You know, the college senior that moved back in with their mom. Live that one. Um, The daughter who got COVID while her elderly mom was visiting. um, And, you know, the mom who went to live with her daughter and then had some thoughts about her parenting. Hmm. I mean, all these different kind of like these interpersonal situations, like really, I mean, I, I one of them would be I'm in the same house as my spouse. 24 7, 365. Yeah. Hmm. I need some distance. Yep. Or who is this person? How many people you think thought that? Yeah. I mean, everybody. Me and Kim talked about that because, I mean, I'm at a year now working from home, and she worked from home for just a few months and then went back and has been going back and forth to the office daily. So she's doing, I, I still haven't left the house very much. She's, doing the shopping and that kind of stuff. But yeah, like if, if we'd have both been locked down for a year, you know, we, we talked about that like a year ago, like, yeah, going to put a strain on a lot of marriages, people working from home, you know, a lot of people won't make it, but like, what are you going to do? It's like the old 70s sitcom where you paint a white line down the middle of the room because where are you going to go? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like the old odd couple or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when, and you could, you could have, you could have some distance if, you know, if and when you needed it. Yeah. And it may not even have been super conscious, conscious. It was, yeah, I, I got my thing, you know, you got your thing. And then, you know, then we, you know, come back to the same house. Yep. But it's Groundhog Day, man. Every single day. Going to be a lot of strain. I guess it's my turn. Again, a show. This one, it's it's a Viceland TV show. So you can this one I know you can find on like Hulu and Amazon. It, like I said, it's a Viceland show. It's it's called Hamilton's Pharmacopia. It's a a show. the The guy that hosts it is is a chemist, and the show is all about psychotropic drugs, psychedelic drugs. And like he did a whole episode on on peyote. He did a whole episode on the psychedelic toad of the Sonoran Desert. And he did a whole, you know, one one on on mescaline and one on methamphetamine and one on PCP and a bunch of different but from a chemist perspective. Sure. But also from a perspective of somebody that doesn't mind tripping his balls off for an hour. <laughs> on a Thursday, it's a great job if you can get oh, it. Imagine that it's it's an amazing it's an amazing amazing show. It's it's like I said it's it's Viceland. So if you're familiar with Viceland, some of the shows they have on there are like you know fuck that's delicious and and balls deep. So it's it's a really interesting show. Uh, Hamilton Morris is his name. You can go ahead and pre-roll your eyes now. He's been on the Rogan podcast three times. The first one they got so fucking high it's it's incomprehensible what they were even talking you. about. The I'm set, canceling you. The third one the third one literally was like a week ago. He he was just literally on like last Friday. The honestly the second one which is in the 1100 somewhere Hamilton Morris is his name phenomenal phenomenal two plus hour podcast them them talking about all of this stuff it's, it's really really a really good conversation but uh his show his show is really good it was the first two seasons were in 16 and 17 then nothing 2021 new season and the like latest episode was just last monday so we're like six seasons six episodes into the third right, season because you can't you, you couldn't trip during the dotard years there was oh. no there was no there was I, no tripping that would have been the prime time to trip, actually. No, it would be the worst time to trip. <laughs> that, that was like a four-and-a-half-year right bad trip. But it's it's fascinating in, in that 
Like he literally, you know, will go through the chemical reaction from start to finish of how to make whatever, you know, uh, these these different compounds. And he, but so get some, get some, and we'll podcast. Well, like it's, that. it's funny because he talks about how <laughs> they they have to skip a step. He's like, I watched TV last night and thirteen people died and two people got raped, but I have to step. I have to. I have to skip a step in how you make a psychedelic drug so that people can have a religious experience. You know, it, it, it's kind of crazy, you know, how, how TV sponsor, you know, censorship works. So, but it's... Cancel culture. I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a it, very interesting show. So so the network thinks it's better for people to kind of like play with that missing step on their own? I, I don't know. Because no, they're not liable. They're no, not. They're not liable uh, for it. But but they speed it up. It's it's like he he talks through the entire step of how you go from free base to, like say for example PCP or or crystal methamphetamine, but it's done at such a rate that the whole process is explained in like thirty seconds. So you you know oh, so even you can if, slow it down. The lawyers approved this. <laughs> Is ha- Hamilton? It's called what? Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia, and it's not to on be confused with Hamilton the play. <laughs> no, yeah. no, absolutely not. All right, I'm canceling the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we will see y'all in. Someone in the bedtime party and the devil is my friend.